Back to the dial-up dudes, the show bringing you the digital content for the '90s TV show Connoisseur. My name is Pat Sharp, and I'll be taking you through my Funhouse podcast tonight. Joining me will be the twins, aka Jim, Melanie, aka Dave, Martina. <laughs> you know what? A fun fact about Funhouse, guys: the two biggest prizes on that show was a Pizza Hut pizza and a tennis racket. Really? They were the biggest prizes. So, really? Yeah. Yeah. No they never gave way. away consoles or bikes. What are we talking about here? Oh, they're the ones that gave away the most. If you look up Funhouse, they're the two big ones. <laughs> I don't believe that. When they're driving around that little, um, little go-kart, uh, getting more prizes than that. That's what they blew all the budget on is the go-kart. <laughs> yeah, I think so. So tonight we'll be talking about, it's been a year since lockdown started. So we'll be talking about what we thought would happen versus what actually happened. After that, we'll be talking about cult movies, then gadgets, sci-fi movies predicted and our weekly game what happened next what did happen next rob i should make pants <laughs> <laughs> that's that's for us to find out <laughs> when you think of cults you think of charles manson but lucky for you we're talking about cult movies the movies we used to watch between the stairs because our parents didn't want to warp our tiny little minds so first of all dave um what, what does cult mean to you Charles Manson. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. It... What, what, does, what does cult movies mean to you? I suppose. Well, for me, um, when I th- when I think of cult movies, I think of ones that never really made the mainstream, but really gained a, a massive underground following. You know, they could be like you know box office flops. But when I when I think of cult movies, you know, I think for me um, stuff like Brain Dead, Bad Taste, um, even like to an extent like Bill and Ted. Um, those are the movies that you know you grow up with. You probably like, like you said, you, you kept little glimpses of it as a, as a child, but never really fully explored, you know, the, the nature behind the films because you, know, you said you'd be your parents would probably keep you away from watching it. And then after getting a snip, few snippets of it, you go, it's mm, all right. You turn fifteen years old, and before you know it, you're in your best mate's bedroom watching all these films, which you and you got an awakening. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Well, from what I determined from the internet, it basically a cult movie is a, a movie that's got a passionate following and uh, does not appeal to everyone so that can be like a broad range of kind of any type of movie from, from French art house to I suppose the horror movies so Jim what are your, some of your favourite cult movies? I mean I've, I've, I've thought about it in a, in a few different ways so I've got a, I've got three down here so my first one is the Alien franchise which is my favourite set of movies now I think okay. it's, it's a cult movie franchise because it has a cult following but I think also it kind of came out of nowhere. I don't think it was a particularly high budget thing. Um, you know, it had a female protagonist at the, at the time. You know, it was written for a guy. Um, and I think it was like a bold move to put a female protagonist in. And it's really kind of, uh, it, it's jumped, jumped the shark. It's gone all over the place, but it's got such a great following. So for me, that's one type. The other one I've gone for is the Tim Burton Batman movies, which oh, I just think would just, right? See, you, you know, you know what I mean? At yeah. the time, Having someone like Tim Burton, who is very stylistic, we know what his style is, to pick up Batman, again, bold. And it, I think it really paid off, especially with the second one. Oh, I, I, I like the second one more than the first one. I think it's it's more just cut, magnificent. It? Yeah. Yes, it's absolutely magnificent. I'm glad and you the think third that. One, 
Oh, mate, mate, you and me, we're, we're quite we're quite well tuned. But I don't know what you're going to think about this one. The third one I've gone for the, is the kind of one that you've said, right? A movie that's a flop. Some, a lot of the time, if you speak to certain generations, it's a generational movie, right? If you're not in the right generation, yeah. you've probably never heard of it. Masters of the Universe. I that's terrible. Universe. No, <laughs> terrible. no way. The terrible, terrible. <laughs> but also great He-Man movie. It was it had Courtney Cox in it as well. Unbelievably, uh, was she a little, gob- little goblin, wasn't she? <laughs> no, who was the, who was the yeah, little goblin at KFC? Rudolph. I mean, he plays like he plays synthesizers, doesn't he? <laughs> Which opens portals. See, this is it. See, we're talking about it. You, Jay, Dave, you said it's crap, but it's got a little goblin who eats KFC and plays a synthesizer that opens hey, yeah, up exactly. portals to other realms. What films have you ever watched? It's Gary Coleman to a Zimmerschill Shy concert and he's eating KFC at the same time as playing an organ, eh? No, you're right. <laughs> yeah, those, that's kind of like the broad spectrum, I think, of, of sort of cult movies. You've got ones that are very stylized. You've got ones that uh, start with people didn't necessarily um, put a huge amount of investment in and then blew up. And then you've got those ones that, unless you're of the right age group, you've probably never heard of it. But if you have heard of it, you know all the weird stuff that happened in it. Yeah, I, I, I think I agree with you there, Jim, as well. And um, if, um when I think of like He-Man as well, I think they use this, and this is a fun little fact as well, I think they used the set for He-Man to make Cyborg, which is a Van Damme film, because they was actually going to make He-Man 2 and it all flopped through. So that's a nice little fact for you there. <laughs> so, so Rob, what's, what's um, your, you know, what do you, what's your take on um, cult movies? I, I personally just, I think sometimes like a cult movies, is that kind of like that film that, you know, you watch and you know everyone's going to hate, but then you find that one person, like me and Jim or me and you, Dave, and they, a person will love it, and you sit there, you can enjoy it as like a union, you know what I mean, and just be like, this film rocks, and you know it's your own personal in-joke or in-discussion, and you guys, it's like, it's, like, it's like watching a dream together, but no one else likes it. I suppose you know like, it, like your own little club, isn't it, really? Yeah, absolutely, yeah, that's what it is for me. Because I think of films like, you know, I don't know these kind of the films you both guys like, but like Evil Dead and with with Now and I, you know what I mean? Them kind of films. Oh, just, with Now and I. Yeah. That, that's yeah. how I feel about Scar music. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, no that's one what, likes him. <laughs> that's what Jim Jim showed me with that with Now and I. And I just remember watching it around and I just thought, why have I never watched this film before? It was so good. I've tried to watch it, but I just didn't get into it. Like, I have to give it enough to give it another go. But you know, like sometimes you watch a film and it doesn't really fit you at that point in time yeah you have to come yeah. back to it late in later time and it's just like all right so you, your, brain ch- your, your brain changes you get older as well doesn't it and yeah i think it's such a, a, a quintessentially english film as well like i don't think it's probably got a very um broad international audience because the humor is i mean i know we make a big deal of british humor but it's such british humor like yeah. you're i don't <laughs> think people would get it and it's so quotable i think that's one of the things i love about um, certain movies is if they're really, really quotable. So, you know, uh, with Man and I, Tu Wong Fu, thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. There's another one, Mean Girls, I love because it's totally quotable. Oh, love Devil, Wears, Devil Wears Prada, totally quotable. So that, that that's me. Like, if you can say something from a movie and the other person knows what you're talking about and you can actually use it in another context, like in your own social interactions, that's just like, yeah, like you start that telekinesis, not telekinesis, that te- telepathy type thing you're talking yeah. about, Rob. What you need yeah. to do then, what you need to do then, Jim, is like when you have a presentation at work and you can throw as many like quotes in which you go under the radar of certain you know, dem- demographic, but certain people are like, yeah, I see what you're doing. 
Ah, see you. Do. <laughs> hey, yeah, Dave, do you remember when we were on holiday? And actually, sorry, the pair of you, we were on holiday in 2006 and the World Cup was on, and the England team did that thing where during the interviews, they all tried to get as many song titles into their interviews as possible. <laughs> <laughs> that was brilliant. That's when we was in Portugal, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, so, yeah. So, 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 slightly off topic. But um, so, so what, what defines your, what movie defines your childhood, Dave? Oh. Driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no, um, I, I grew up watching like a whole load of Eddie Murphy films. So it could be anything from like Trading Places to Coming to America. I know um, I was a bit disappointed by the news coming to America personally, but anything with like Eddie Murphy and it was pretty much my childhood growing up in a, in a black household. He was like you know, a king. He was not a prince, was a minister, but a king. For for me, it's definitely John Carpenter films. I absolutely idolised John Carpenter films, even when I was younger. It was just it was it was like someone reached into my brain and actually just made a film of my brain. You know that film's like Escape from New York, The Thing. You know The Fog. Well, that's every film I think he's made, bar a couple of like They Live, have just been fantastic for me. They Live is a brilliant film. I watched it a few weeks ago, after, you know, for the first time in a while, and it's just like. I had to kick that out scene. Chew gum. <laughs> that scene is me and Dave wrestling. Okay. That scene. <laughs> so if anyone's not seen, they live. T- tell them the scene, Dave. No, no, you, you're going to have to go I'll, for I'll it. T- I'll, I'll, basically, I'll tell the scene. So basically, it's about a construction worker who moves to a town, and um, he starts to notice really weird things happening in the town. And so one day, someone he busts, he kind of he breaks into something, and they're producing mass glasses, and he puts them on, and he notices that. There's like symbols everywhere, subliminal symbols everywhere, or like consume and eat. And he, he kind of goes on to obey, yeah. And he kind of kind of clocks on. There's a, an alien, like um, aliens trying to overtake Earth. And he's friends with this chap on the building site. And he tries to make his mate wear his glasses, but his mate won't put them on. So he literally <laughs> have like a, a 25 minute fight. For, for context, though, Rob, who, who plays the two guys for context? Um, Rowdy Roddy Piper, but I can't remember the uh, loose. Is it what's his name again? The um, other chap, Lucy Junior. Is it? I can't remember now. It's such but a long two, time. Two two big geezers. It's, it's, oh it's yeah, quite a one ex wrestler thing. Yeah, yeah, one ex wrestler doing next. They're doing like body slams, uh, punches to punches to the stomach. Um, it's rolling around on the floor. <laughs> it was it was Keith David. Yes, it Keith David. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's right, Dave. You got that spot on there. Did you look that up? No, not at all. <laughs> I, can, I, can looking, I can see you looking at your phone, Dave. He, he wasn't. He, he wasn't in Pitch Black or the Princess Frog and the Frog <laughs> <laughs> or the Finn. Black. I couldn't remember his name, even though I was reading about him the other day. Yeah. Or Platoon or Goggles or the Spawn. But there's just some some parts in movies out there that just really get you, right? And and they just absolutely draw. So that one, you're never going to forget. But if you talk about that movie, you're going to remember that. Well, if you talk the, about the Alien, end. you're going to yeah, the, the, oh. the chestburster scene. If you yeah. talk about like He-Man, you get the, the little guy playing synthesizer-opening <laughs> balls. It's just some things that stick in your brain. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I'll tell you quite a funny story about Alien, if you want to. i never forget, I was quite young and my dad taped it for me on TV. Do you remember the good old days when you actually had to tape a movie off TV? Yeah. But they, those days weren't good. They weren't. <laughs> no, because you, you recall something and like you t- play the film again, it's all bloody chewed up your tape and you're like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, know, you put a bit of tape in there to record, you know, in the VHS. 
And um, I remember my dad taping They Live on BBC Two for me. I remember like proper, like get sitting down to watch it and I get it um, on there to the last 10 minutes. It cuts off. My dad's like overestimated. And I was like, oh my God. He went, don't worry, don't worry. He went, it's going to be on again and repeat in two weeks' time. So I sit down to watch it in two weeks' time. He does exactly the same thing at exactly, almost exactly the same point. I was probably saw about three seconds extra. So I went, okay then. I went. I was really upset about it. So my dad literally took me to the video store. I actually think it might be Ritz Video, Dave, where your mum used to oh, work. Yeah. yeah, and he, he read it out for me. So I sat down to watch it, and um, right at the end, someone had taped over with the cricket. I missed it. <laughs> oh, so did, it did, um, five years it took me to see the end of They Live. <laughs> Rob, you know what? Uh, my mum told me once that your dad went into Ritz Video and made her reenact the They Live scene with him and her. Without <laughs> <laughs> each other. It's, um, it's actually a true story, Dave. And, uh, you know, apparently they was, they was approached by John Carpenter to do a sequel as well. <laughs> so, so, so on your on your movies, Dave, what, what was your, your ones again? Your picture? It, it was a lot of Eddie Murphy films, like Coming to America. You got um, Trading Places. Okay, Eddie. so what's, the, what's your top one? You've got Beverly Hills Cop. You've got Trading Places, oh. Coming to America, Golden Child. What, what do you pick? Oh, God. It has I to be... Both things. <laughs> oh, it has to be a, like I do love the Beverly Hills Cop movies. Uh, Axel Foley's has a, a, a defining character, but oh, Trading Places is just a, an, a it's a brilliant film. It's so funny. Uh, him and Dan Aykroyd together just uh, is a yeah. great act. It's, it's, um, it's, no, it's and, that was, and that was primarily Murphy, and, and I loved like the link between like Coming to America and um, Trading Places, where. You know the Randolph, yes. the Dukes, the Dukes are uh, they go bankrupt in Randolph. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, it's it's gonna have to be trading places for me. Does also. it make you sad? Like, I mean, it it, it it kind of did me getting older, and it's always the case, isn't it? Your heroes kind of either die young or live long enough to disappoint you. But seeing Eddie Murphy go down the route of just like playing in fat suits and prosthetics, it does seem like. I think I'll use the term fall from grace in the last show, but it, it was like kind of disappointing seeing someone you consider a hero as a kid become this just caricature. You know what? He's got kids to feed and I've got the memories. But the thing is, he's insanely funny though, Eddie Murphy. So I always thought that you'd be solid all the way through his career, didn't you? But, no, but the thing is, I, I felt like the, like the latest um, Eddie, movie, Eddie Murphy film, it didn't feel right. It didn't fit with current times. I feel they. Like, he tried to capture the nostalgia aspect and it just felt dated for me personally. I haven't seen it yet. Are you talking about the new um, Coming to America? Um, yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed it. For, for, I enjoyed it for what it was, which was a, a series of, you know, the, the narrative was fine. There was a series of good callbacks. I, I do like a nice reference in a sequel, I've got to be honest. And there were so many good ones. But you're right, though. It didn't, it didn't capture the, the spirit of it. Um, and in fact, even that narrative of Eddie Murphy's kind of performance going through the years in the first movie, even though he was a little bit naive, he was still cool. Whereas yeah. in this one, there was nothing cool about him. No, there wasn't at all. Was it like uh, the recycled jokes as well? There was a few jokes, you know, I don't want to give it away. I don't want to do any spoilers. But yeah, yeah. Say, this whole show's to be spoilers. <laughs> I wouldn't say recycled. I'd say re, re reference. There's a lot of yeah, okay. there's a lot of references. Yeah, so I reckon, in all fairness, the original writer should have got a big payday out of this film. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely, definitely. So from from your from your one, Rob, like from your selection of movies for cult, 
what's your what's your kind of like defining thing what like what my what my what film it would be for me yeah what if i'd always be like two films because it just it just it's the thing that got me into like horror and sci-fi and cult and if i could if i was i could probably do about 10 but i'd probably be like dawn of the dead evil dead and i'd probably be an um enemy mine Enemy Mine. Yeah, I loved that when I was a kid. Another oh, yeah, complete niche. It's like just a another one that yeah. If you're not of a certain generation, you probably never bothered checking it out. Fantastic Dave, film, Dave. You'd love it. You would like yeah. it. I think you would. It's sad. It's a it's a really nice drama, action, sci-fi movie. Give me a summary. Um, it's a basically to do an, inter- an intergalactic war. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> Well, about an alien race and a human race. I think it's a human race. I can't remember. And they crash on this alien planet, and they have to kind of band together to survive this planet. And they say so it's, it's they have to co- overcome their differences, and it's because it's about their friendship and you know how they survive. It's, it's just great. I don't want to give too much away, but it's. Really- Can I just say that is classic. Our childhood is that having people overcome their differences and overcome adversity and work together. That's so like that's so like the morals. The morals. Growing <laughs> yeah. up. I think they need it nowadays, though. If I'm honest, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. You know, in while, film, I, like, while I even, legally stream films, even even one of mine, like so, Batman. So Batman Returns. Again, you've got a mixture of characters with a, with a spectrum of personalities and and like levels of villainness. If that's not that's not a word, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And like you 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 end up sort of seeing th- them all kind of working together and in the end you know like oh i don't want to give it away but you must have seen it by now but like oh, Catwoman yeah. and Batman, <laughs> Just... like you know it's that same thing again isn't it like working with people to overcome a common enemy yeah it's, it's I... not it's not quite the same but it's still the a similar thing I, I think i think one thing that we had really really was really lucky about as well when we were younger is the kind of quality of different types of actors we had do you yeah. know what i mean like if, if you made like a modern like Batman 2 nowadays, the same film, and you tried to cast the same people, trying different people. I couldn't honestly think. Oh, like... mate, Michelle Pfeiffer. I mean, look, I loved all of the people who play Catwoman more or less, but she just brought so much, like, like you said earlier, right, Rob, the, the comic book aspect to yeah. it. She was amazing. And have you, have you seen a video of her with the whip? The, and she was actually. Mm. She actually was using the whip and literally really using it and whipping off the mannequins' heads in the store. She was oh, doing she trained to do that? Yeah. Mate, incredible. I just thought that Danny DeVito was in it and I think he, he is so versatile in yeah. his acting. I think he's a he's a brilliant actor. And underrated. Like, is he underrated? Yeah, I rate him really, really highly. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't get nothing until Sunny um, Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah, so he, he actually makes that program, doesn't he? He absolutely makes that program. Yeah, so so funny. And then obviously Christopher Walken as well. Oh, yeah. That was quite a star-studded cast. I forgot about Walken in there. Man, I only I get Walken. He, he's had the Fat Boy Slim video, isn't he? Dancing. Yeah, that's all. That's all I'm <laughs> known for. <laughs> it's Christopher who? Uh, so. So basically, I'm going to end this with the kind of like kind of last kind of question now. So I'm just going to I want you guys to kind of think: what is a modern um, cult movie for you? If you had to think about a movie nowadays and you watch it, what, what do you think will be a cult movie in the future? Ooh. I'll let Jim start with that. It's no, a difficult one because I, I, I think I don't know if you guys have seen it. There's a film called um, Under the Salt Lake, and it's basically it's got um, it's Andrew Garfield in it, and he's based. It's um, I think I've said that. 
Pole. It's basically it's one of these films that everyone hates at the moment. It's basically about this detective who's kind of no, not detective. He's like a bit of a loser, and he's basically he gets involved with a cult. And it's one of them films you'd watch. You can a lot of people watch. They get to hate it, but now for me, I think in ten years' time, people will be raving about it. I just got that feeling about it. You know what? I think films like Us. That's going to be a cult. Yeah, like, that's no, a good one, Dave. Yeah, it's, it's a really, really good film, and it, it creeps me out a lot, actually. And it's not the sort of film I normally go for because I'm not, I don't, I don't like horrors. Another horror movie which actually resonates with me as well, which I think is going to be a cult classic, is Get Out. Yes, I mean, that's a brilliant. Both the same director as well, Dave. It was. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of the first time I met a man as family as well. <laughs> it, it was, yeah, it was kind Dave, of. Do you know the, do you know the bit when he's on the chair and he's picking the um, stuff out the chair? Yeah. Apparently, Jordan Peele said that's supposed to be him in the fields picking cotton. Yeah. Okay. Very yeah, good. and I didn't notice that, and I was like, wow, that's just totally blown my mind. I yeah. think there's a lot of movies now that are. I mean, there's, there's there's too there's too much out there that's not original enough so you've got loads of the superhero movies that's churning through them not that they're bad but they're, they're not going to become classics are they um but i think like the little indie movies that are popping up on the streaming services i think have got a really good chance of becoming cult because i think that's more going back to the sort of style that we were used to growing up i think the writing style is a bit different i think like the the production's a bit different so i'm not sure i haven't got a prime example i mean the only example i can think of is um What's the Jennifer Aniston one on Netflix? Marley and Me. The... <laughs> <laughs> that film's too bloody sad, that film, I'll tell you. What does she, what's she call? Oh, oh, I can't remember the name of it. She's got the daughter who's, like, who's a bit overweight, but she wants to be a beauty, in beauty pageants. Oh, I like that film. I can't remember what it's called. That's a nice film, that is. Yeah. Oh, but the, yeah, so things like that, little, little, little movies like that, which are... They don't have all the big bang of, you know, uh, the the Hollywood unveil and the, the big old red carpet weekends. But in time, I think people will pick them up gradually on the streaming, streaming services. And I think they'll become sort of more classics than your, your traditional Hollywood blockbusters. Yeah, yeah, that's a good answer, actually. I think, I think you're totally correct there. So after commercial break, we'll be talking about it's been a year since lockdown started and what we thought would happen versus what actually happened. We've been honeymooning about 15 years, you know. We chill right to the core, Mom. Touch me. So today, me, Dave and Jim, we'd be talking about what we thought would happen when we went into lockdown versus what actually happened. So, Jim, what, what did you think would happen when we went into lockdown? I honestly thought, I'm going to be honest, I'm going to, I'm going to be completely transparent here. I, at the time, was like, well, if this only hurts older people, why don't they just infect the rest of us so that we get it and get over it and then like develop the antibodies and then we can all go back to normal and we'll have herd, herd immunity. And then within a few days or actually, yeah, less than a week, we realised that no, it's not actually like that bad. It's not, it's not, sorry, as simple as that. And it's actually a lot worse than we expected. So I don't know. I, I thought for sure it would be like, you know, done by the end of the year. But here we are a full 12 months later. So what did I know? <laughs> All working from home in their underpants with really fat fires. <laughs> what did you think, yes. Dave? Well, to be honest, when, when, when the news about COVID first come out, you know, uh, my wife was in travel, so she heard a bit about it um, you know, uh, in her circles of um, colleagues. 
And you know, he got mentioned on the news once or twice. And I was thinking, right, is it boring now? You know, it's it's a season that seems so far away. You know what I mean? It, it didn't. Yeah. You know, and you know, you think, oh, God, I'm bored now. But this is about two weeks in, and then obviously, like, it got mentioned more and more. And you think, well, like, come on, then it's gonna get over. With. Then he announced the lockdown. I was like, what, what the deuce? And he always like, he always try and be optimistic about you know the whole COVID thing. You know, you you, you hear stories about you know. I want to someone's neighbor's 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 has got COVID and they're fine. But it never, never, it never, for me, it never really made an impact until like, you know, it's getting close to the, close to your door. And then the, your mum's got it or, you know, your niece and nephew have it or your, your mates have got it. And my first, unlike Jim, you know, I, I first and foremost, I don't want to be safe. You don't want anyone to get harmed or, you know, hang on, unlike yeah. Jim, <laughs> <laughs> Jim's like this evil bastard like, who's actually spreading it. Spread <laughs> to everyone's drinks. Let's get, all these, oh, let's get all these young people contacted. Only the gay men were ruled against now. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. Where did that, Jim? Don't worry. Oh, we won't. Carry on. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, it was it was strange because obviously it was all um, played by ear. No one knew what was going to happen. This is obviously the first time in our lifetime that anything like this ever happened at all. And you always you're always optimistic that it's going to be you know over in a month, and then it just it just keeps getting longer and longer and longer. I just hope we can see some sort of light at the end of the tunnel. Like my wife recently, or Amanda, um, she recently had a jab done and. You know, I can see more and more people getting their jabs done now, which is obviously, you know, giving me a bit more optimism about how things are going at this stage. And yeah, I just hope, you know, within the next three months or so, we can kind of get some normality back. But again, it just seems such a long time since this has all happened. It, you know, I'm just, I'm just waiting. But I think when it really come real to me is when I knew someone who actually died from it. And, and then when I knew someone who died from it, I thought, oh, this is real. Because they were quite, they, I'm not saying they were like, um, you know, old, but they weren't young. So they were kind of, you know, midway through their life, I suppose. <laughs> it's the nicest way to say it. But yeah, yeah and, and it, you know, and I thought to myself, oh, God, this is actually could be a really dangerous thing here. And I started to, you know, it made me kind of um, stand up and take attention. And around about the same time as that, that my work kind of started taking attention as well of it. And it become quite a, kind of a real thing. And we, you know, we started getting all the, you know, this distancing rules, you know, and, and you know, we were behind kind of certain aspects of gl- um, that plastic stuff. And, it, you know, and you couldn't see certain people, but, but you're right, though, Rob, because like you know, you, you mentioned about people getting ill. Like my, my dad, um, you know, obviously he hadn't been well for a little while and he had like diabetes and um, he had you know, a carer come around his house once a week or basically so it was once a day to actually, you know, see he's actually administering his medicine and such. And to be honest, he's, he's very um, bad at doing that. He just, he's, yeah, he's, it was terrible. And obviously with the whole lockdown situation with the nurses and those care workers weren't giving them their um, detention that they needed yeah you know yeah. and um obviously something slipped through the gaps because you know my, my dad died and it was obviously it's horrible that um it happened but I, I, I could under, I could understand like the pressures and the strains on like the NHS and their services and you know the need to keep people you know safe and well but you know 
when you when you hear when you hear when you're personally impacted by you know the, uh, the effects of covid and how it's obviously put t- taking away resources from other areas like you know whether it's like you know people who have like you know um operations that are due from like cancer or you know serious um medical issues and they're getting either like you know pushed back because they can't get their treatment it's it it, it it makes a massive impact and it just really you know it can devastate lives and yeah, it's, it's just a terrible situation that we, you know, we as a nation and individuals are facing. And I find it totally feckless that there, there are people out there who want to go around not wearing a mask or not taking the precautions because they're being repressed because we're a free nation. And, you know, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a conspiracy when, you know, just just think beyond yourself, really. Think think for the people who can't, you know, who can't get the support, who, who can't, you know, who ain't able to... Um, Empathy. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 that's all you need. Yeah, yeah. And and what what's what is the big deal about wearing a mask? You know what I mean? Like it's it's no, it's not a big deal at all. Not well, it hides my beautiful smile. So I'm alright with it. It's a piece of fabric. Like, yeah. Honestly, yeah. I, I think the the kind of people who tend to complain about this as well, the same kind of people who before this would go on about the good old British spirit of the wartime and all the rest of it. And it's like, look, you're not being asked to go to a, a front line of a battlefield. You're not being asked to build munitions. All you're being asked to do is stick a piece of cloth over your face. So why don't you just do it? Didn't they used to wear gas masks Honestly. over their face during the war, though. So well, they didn't refuse that. From, must you know, the, <laughs> the, the joking aside about me not caring about people, um, I, 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 <laughs> I, I seriously do. I'm a very, I'm a very em- empathic or empathetic. I don't know how you say it. Very, um, you are very big time. I, I, I care a lot, and I've all the way through this done exactly what i've been asked not because i'm one of the sheeple but because i care i don't want to accidentally give it to someone else it's not even that i'm bothered about getting it myself because i am fairly young and healthy there's always a, there's, of course there's always a chance that it's gonna it's gonna hurt me if i get it but i'm more worried about accidentally getting it being asymptomatic and giving it to someone else so i've not seen you know sort of family and friends properly for ages um you guys came over actually well no not you robert dave came over for my birthday last year but that was i wasn't invited what (laughs) yeah in august in the back garden with the seats all spaced a meter apart we wouldn't have more than six people at any one time so you know i've taken it really really seriously but it's quite frustrating when you think you're going to all these efforts to help other people and there are others out there who are just undoing all the good work you're doing by doing the opposite like having an illegal house parties or just gathering and you know when you start seeing the news about like these doctors and nurses dying after contracting you know covid it's just like why do you bother you know like you, you, you put all your life and effort into helping people get better and obviously you know this positive person's contracted it you know because there's there's some helping people but they're out there people who are just willingly just I say flouting rules, but just not being compassionate enough or thoughtful enough to actually just think, you know what, my nan, my granddad, you know, my dad, they can get they can get something, they can die from it. It I just I just don't don't I don't understand, mate. Me neither. Can we can we take this in a slightly different direction for the next few minutes though? Just talk about some of the positives because it is yeah. mostly doom and gloom, but I think there are some good things to come out of it. Like um I know a lot of people may not be working at the moment those who are myself included i know that i'm incredibly lucky to be in that position same but here. the things that come out of this you know the, the the change of attitude to working conditions i think is huge and not just from a personal perspective but how much 
carbon is there produced by commuting generally and all the people like myself and rob who go to the office every day after this if we can maintain this this could be an environmental revolution that's forced upon us well not forced upon us but you know businesses would never have voluntarily in the past said let's try out everyone working from home they've had to do it and they've realized it works this could be a big game changer i I would like to see the kind of levels the the readings of the level pollutions in london now compared to what they were when we they they did it they They did yeah yeah the nitrous is the nitrous levels in the uh, nitrate sorry the nitrate level in the atmosphere dropped massively everywhere they've done these global satellite pictures all over the world as covid spread and as things shut down it really did massively drop off you know what when it when it first kicked off and it locked down and i, I frankly I, I had lots of time to myself and i i cycled a lot i cycled to london it was it was so beautiful it was so nice to actually go on clear roads and you look at you know, looking at streams and canals and such and just they look clear they look like dirt free you see like birds you know in there and it's, it was a far cry from what you used to as like living in london like we it's just gritty and gray do you not think dave this is kind of taking us back in time a little bit as well because we're not doing the mass the mass um, transit life you're finding more things around your home which is what would have happened in in like past generations so you know uh, you're finding more ways to be creative because you can't go out and do, you can't go to the pub, you can't go to nightclubs, you can't go to the cinema. So you're finding things to fill your time. And actually we've started this podcast and, you know, we've done, Rob, you and I have done some YouTube videos, a radio show for a little bit. I've got massively healthy because I can now structure my life around um, you know, around my job instead of like my job dominating. Yeah. But my job doesn't dominate like my working day plus two hours you know either end where you're either getting for ready for work and commuting or commuting home and then winding down Mm. you've got so much time the housework you guys right how much time do you spend at the weekend now doing housework compared i feel like mr fucking sheen right now (laughs) but you're getting it done during the week aren't you which means your weekends are more free i can go and pop a load of washing on during the day i think this is so good this can be so good for many of us do you you think do you sorry dave on you go mate i was gonna say you know what one thing I've really um, got from this whole COVID, this weird kind of social experiment that we've all gone through, is that I've realised how much good time I have with my wife and my son. You know, we've spent, obviously, you, you'd think being under each other's, under each other's uh, feet would be kind of detrimental and stress you out, but we've never been closer. We really haven't. And, you know, we've, we've gone out for lots of, Know, couples walks you know we've discovered yeah. new areas like what Jim uh, alluded on we've discovered new areas in our you know, places in our area which we've never would have given a second thought to because we've had the time to do that we have nice little chats and talk about stuff and just unwind and just enjoy each other's company again and that's, that's one positive I really have drawn from this whole torrid affair you're so yeah. you're so right Dave at 5 p.m every day me and Pete go for a walk and I know it sounds silly but just having that time to walk together and talk about our day it's really really nice it's nice yeah it's yeah we, you know we live me and Cassidy, we live in a lovely area where we can walk in, down the canals you know and stuff like that and we try to do it regularly and stuff like that it's, it's really nice but do you, do you guys think that you know once we start easing up lockdown rules and stuff like that do you think that they all want us to come back to offices other offices will want people to come back what do you think the kind of stance will be on that i think now um this environment has made um companies realize that 
they don't need to have everybody back in the office. They've obviously got an infrastructure in place now where they probably want to have people back in the office on maybe on an ad hoc basis or, you know, uh, twice a week or whatever. Like a blended, but, kind of blended rotor or something. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I, I don't see why there would be any call for it unless you're like a tyrant because people are, people are happy working from home. They're flexible working from home. You spend so much... You save loads of money. You, you oh, probably God, yeah. you probably save money on your rent. You know, as a as a company, you save money on your rent and your property. And of well, other... a big international business based in a huge city. Let's take London as an example, but it's the same can be said for any big city. You're spending a huge amount on rent. Your um, employees have to live in the area, and they have to spend a huge amount on services as well. So then you have to pay them more because they're living in those big cities. Whereas if you're like mostly online based and your you know your office is in london but actually you can reduce your capacity you can hire people who live in birmingham or, or edinburgh or wherever yeah, it doesn't which make I've a difference seen. Yeah, and quality, I'm, I'm, quality of life as well you think about it as well we don't have to travel on the trains anymore i don't know about you guys but i'm one of them kind of people if i have to spend so much time traveling it actually makes me feel quite depressed and i really don't like it so if i could if i could do a role and work from home you know, it's it's just it's kind of perfect for me i'm going to tell you something guys that it sounds really really it sounds cheesy but there was i was running um one morning and it the sun it was sort of it was it wasn't dark when i went out but it wasn't particularly bright and the sun came up as i was out on my run and i just thought that looks so beautiful and i thought if i wasn't working from home and doing this run in this morning i'd be on a train my head would be down, buried in my phone, and I'd just be reading news articles or playing games, and I would have missed this. Avoiding someone else's eyes. Yeah. And, and, yeah, yeah. Unless like, you look in someone's eyes and have the sunset in it. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of positives to come out of this, and it, you know, it ultimately it makes you realise and appreciate you know, what we have, and just the small things in life, I suppose. It makes yeah. me appreciate you guys. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm hugging you here. I'm giving you an electric hug. Virtual uh, hug. We'll always be together. I'm going to keep saying that. <laughs> so, so after this commercial break, we'll be talking about gadgets that sci-fi movies predicted. We want blue stripes. We want white. We want the red stripes, but that's all right. As you can see, Aquafresh is all three. Aquafresh is for the family. Hello and welcome back. Are you disappointed you don't have a flying car? Are you disappointed there's no magic pill that makes your hair grow back? So, what gadgets are there out there that sci-fi movies have predicted? Me and Jim and Dave will be diving into the sci-fi abyss to look at them sci-fi movies that got it wrong and right. Well, so, first of all, can I say there is a pill that will at least stop you losing your hair and it's called Propecia. <laughs> why, I know, why I know that <laughs> why I know that could be you know, anyone's guess but <laughs> Your hair I'm, 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 talking, I'm talking about totally bald and you and you take this pill and it's like do you know like um plasticine and it just grows like a play-doh play-doh hair it's like a play-doh one yeah. so so um what movie is that from the hair growing back pill Oh, no, that's not. I'm just saying you disappointed. Oh, you just made it up. Yeah, yeah, you just made it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry, there is, there is a film. I think it's like a bottle horror film when he, he has a hair implants. I think Dave lent it to me, and they're all little aliens, and they're taking over his brain. <laughs> it's oh, so that sounds like a very Rob kind of movie. Oh, it's really silly, man. So so like, my question to you, Jim, uh, uh, first, I suppose, what films have you watched in the past? 
and you've seen this kind of technology happen and it have you seen it come to like fruition basically right so in star trek right they walk up to the doors they open we've got those <laughs> sorry i to- totally st- totally stole that's an idiot's our joke um but actually a lot of the stuff that <laughs> i was about to say I, that's an idiot. i've seen yeah, it is. I've totally, totally ripped it off. Sorry, Eddie. Um, some of the things that I've noticed are the obvious things that actually do seem to come from Star Trek. So, on the, you know, they had the old communicator type things that flipped open. As far as I'm concerned, that's the inspiration for a mobile phone. I mean, oh, you think, forget that walkie-talkies were in there in the middle. That's, that's like the flip phone came from Star Trek. Do you reckon they're all motor rollers in Star Trek? Yeah. Yeah, they're all razors. <laughs> <And I'm laughs> Um, but yeah, I think a lot of stuff came from that. But you know, the, the thing that I've noticed hasn't aged well in sci-fi is, um, at least in old sci-fi, Fashion. is that they always talk, they always um, kind of try to replace physical storage. So we've got, you know, we had cassettes back in the day and, and floppy disks. So they'd be like, oh, I've got my, my data cube and it'd be like a plastic, like colourful <laughs> plastic cube. They, 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 didn't, they never seemed to predict like, um, you know, not having to carry physical storage, like the cloud and stuff like that. So they definitely got that wrong. Do you remember um, the um, Keanu Reeves film with Johnny Mnemonic? And yes. he's, he's got the storage in his head. And when he plugs it in, he surfs the internet <laughs> looking for things in his head. And he has his like lawnmower man arms in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing that, uh, yeah, virtual reality definitely, I think, has improved based on old movies. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. When you think back to like films like 2001 Space Odyssey, when they literally predicted video calling, it's like that film, you know, is a quite an old film now, you know, and that's pretty impressive that come true. So like, Dave, what kind of films can you think of that had any kind of technology? Um, they had a self, self-driving cars. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In Total, Total Recall? Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's in Total Recall. I think there's been a few other films recently as well. Has it? That, I'm still waiting for like the flying cars. Yeah, you know, exactly. in, like, in like every single film. Why have Why have we got haven't got flying cars? Or why have we not got like you know green cars that don't run on petrol at the moment? Like obviously we, we do. We got we got electric cars, but why have we got cars that can't run on water fusion? We or do something because like there's, there's there's hydrogen powered cars. There is a, is, there? is a thing. Yeah, it's it's oh. a thing. Why are we not using them then? Oil because industry, you need to adapt probably. the technology. Yeah, I mean they have to. They have to start converting um, petrol garages to, to do it, and then the companies need to make it. It's one of those things that they're really, really, really expensive. Like Jay Leno's got one, and in California, they've got the refill stations. But it's really expensive, but once it starts to roll out, it will become cheaper, and it's, yeah, literally hydrogen-powered. That's like everything, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I was watching a, vi- a video the other day of um, someone who had... Um, who, who is um, that really famous American... I'm sorry, South African bloke, uh, famous... Oh, Elon Elon Musk. Musk. and um he basically did you see when he invented that kind of weird van truck thing and he was like he was trying to prove like how strong the windows were and he was throwing and he threw a brick against it at the convention did you see that so he's saying this is the new future of cars and he got this brick and he he threw it he goes it won't smash the window he went straight through the window <laughs> and he says <laughs> like, like oh my boat. god he's a wally <laughs> it was right but it's incredible them cars though he's invented incredible i've seen this um, video as well where this man is in a wheelchair and he literally presses a button and he, the car reverses out no one in it opens up and he gets in it he gets in the front and he just drives off rob we were like this one right so think about the smart home so you've got our google control gadgets and yeah. smart lights and smart plugs and you know yeah. you can turn your heating on that was predicted by demon seed 
Oh my god, for real! I should have known that. Well, hang on, wasn't it? Maybe what about Electric Dreams? Because that was in Electric Dreams as well, wasn't it? Was that, that? I mean, it's, it's it's in a few, right? We'll always be together, together in Electric Dreams. Great song. That, yeah, that was about a film that kept the computer that kept them in the house as well. But it was a bit more of a it's... nicer version than Demon Seed, where it actually impregnated a woman. Yeah, which one is it that, that the Simpsons ripped off with Charles, with um, I almost said Charles Bronson with um <laughs> <laughs> with, Pier, with Piers Brosnan doing the voice? Is that that's Demon Seed, isn't it? I don't, did, they, did they do Demon Seed? That'd be insane. Or, well, they, they did one where it was an automated house and he fell in love with Marge and then tried to kill Homer. <laughs> I've got to see this. I don't remember that. Um, but one other serious one I've got here, though. Again, sorry, Star Trek. I know. Do you guys even watch Star Trek? I love Star no, Trek. No, no. Um, right. I love it. Well, look, this in you must be familiar with the replicator in Star yeah. Trek. Yeah. So in Star Trek, they go, cup of coffee, roast, roast beef, rack of lamb, yeah. uh, screwdriver, and it will just make it appear. That's basically the genesis of the 3D printer, the idea is that, you know, to be able to say, I want something and to have it created out of a stock image and, and actually created out of nothing. Now, obviously, 3D printers right now is just, you know, plasticky type stuff. But I've seen they've started to develop this thing where they 3D print artificial meat. Yeah, I saw that. It's crazy, isn't it? So the Star Trek replicators for replicating food are kind of becoming real. Dude, that's awesome. That is a perfect example. And it kind of always goes on to the Back to the Future 2 microwave when he puts the mini pizza in, like we talked about last week. I'm still yeah, waiting big... for that, though. I'm still waiting for the, the little <laughs> bit of food to actually expand. I just, want, I just want little tiny bits of food everywhere in my house. So I can just imagine all the storage you could have. You could have a totally packed fridge full of stuff and you wouldn't like... Last you know, year's lifetime. It would have last year's lifetime, wouldn't it? Oh, this, is a bit, this went off 30 years ago, darling. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> So, so what else, Dave? What else have you got on your list? Um, like again, with what Rob said about Back to the Future, it's always something like the hoverboard, um, which obviously is a big disappointment because, and again, you touched upon it in the first no first episode of this uh, show. It's um, a disappointment that's not arrived yet. But then again, if you can't trust people to actually drive or skate on normal boards or on the on the ground, how can we trust people in the air? Because it might be a bit safer because you don't have the wheels and impacts of the ground. You re- re- rely less on gravity. I've just thought of a wicked one. Go for it, blood. You're going <laughs> to love this. Go right? Do you remember the movie Toys? God, I watched it. I was watching it last night and I fell asleep. No, the night before, actually, yeah. So what did Toys what predict? Huh? I don't know. Oh, what? Drones. Oh, yeah. Toys. Yes. Drones. Oh, my God. I'm sure drones must have been in something else as well. That's actually quite a good one for such a comedy-inspired film as well. Yeah, Toys was quite creepy, wasn't it? As a film, even though it wasn't meant to be. You've seen that before, Dave? No, I haven't. No, I need to watch some more films. Apparently, it's like a demented, yeah. really wonky film. <laughs> you know what, though? I realised, like, a Weird Science also had the 3D printer with the girl, didn't they? <gasps> Pretty much. Oh, Kelly LeBrock. Yeah, I'm gonna try and invent. I have to right now because he won a bra on his head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What else? There must there must be tons of stuff though. I I think we could literally talk about it all night long. You think about like the Truman Show and reality TV and stuff like that, and you know watching him from afar. I actually see I actually see an article to do with um um kind of to do with 
you know, sci-fi movies predicting like um, technology. And they actually was talking about the Truman Show and about how it kind of like predicted quite a lot to do with like that kind of um, you know, keeping up with the Kardashians and like their absolute obsession with voyeurism and just watching people for, you know, people's lives. And uh, I, I just, I don't know, what are you guys like with kind of that reality show? Do you guys like that kind of watching people's lives and stuff like that? Is that... Is that uh... It's not my first port of call, but sometimes I get caught in it just because, you know, it's a topic of conversation at work and you kind of get roped in. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, I want to join in next week. So I'll, I'll just kind of watch one episode. Before you know it, you're hooked yeah. and you're like, oh my God, I have invest- I've got emotional investment in two people I don't care about, about a show I don't care about. And it's just like, <laughs> what am I doing with my life? I think, really? it, I think it all depends about the people you're watching, though, surely. I suppose if it's someone you can't relate to, why would you watch it? Like, if it, for me, if it was someone I was really, like, interested in, like, let's say, if it, I'm not saying it, I'm just trying to figure someone off my head. Maybe it was someone like Charles Manson. Uh, I'm not, I, don't, I don't particularly, you know, connect with Charles Manson, but I find him fascinating. <laughs> I, find him, I find him fascinating, you know. I find, what is this guy? I find, like, I find criminals fascinating, if I'm honest. It's, a, it's that kind of part of me and if I watched a show about him and how he thinks and his ideology how he thinks about things and stuff like that I'd enjoy it I think That's more than good. good because right now I'm I'm actually watching Married at First Sight Australia it's like what's all that about I don't there's, there's no reason why I should be watching it at all I don't even know what it's about <laughs> I don't know what this has got to do with, with sci-fi predicting the future but I'm loving it <laughs> yeah, Dave's Dave's like a like a, a bored, so bored and middle aged that he's watching. He's <laughs> like a sci-fi show. Dave watching reality shows. So so basically, the whole premise of this show is that like you get these relationship experts and they kind of pair off like two couple, you know, a couple of people who, who they think will be perfectly suited and don't meet until like their own wedding day, and then they, like, they basically go through like a, a honeymoon period and living together period, and they basically see how they get on and interact. And it's pretty much like a whole group of them. So it's like, you know, a, a, probably like 16 people in total, something like that, where they just uh, all live their lives as married people, having only met each other on the wedding day. And yeah, it's fucking crap, to be honest with you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank, thanks for that. Um, so what, what, I, what, I would like to, what I would like to know is... Um, did, did, <laughs> did we get the seashells from Demolition Man? Uh, I have. No. <laughs> <laughs> They're in my house. I shit in them regularly. Did you wipe your ass? Okay, you your ass I, Dave, Jim, what were they for? If you can, if you can, if you know what they're for, you, I don't know who's going to give us the answer. But what were they for? The three seashells. I can only imagine that they'd be like clean, dry. I don't know what the third one would be. <laughs> what are they? What are exactly. the seashells? Why not? Does it suck the purple out? I don't know. Where are you, Dave? What do you think it is? I don't know. I'm still wondering why that woman on um, Total Request free boobs. Dave's reminiscing about being younger. <laughs> Back to the subject at hand, though. Like, oh, there's so much stuff that we know that people actively copied from from sci-fi. So, like, AI was like a concept that probably existed in science, but people applied it to movies. And I reckon movies probably then inspire people to try and make it happen. Yeah, it's a platform, isn't it? It's, it's sometimes it's like, you know, you sit down with a, like a group, like a focus group or something, or, or your team, and then someone just gives you that idea and you can run with that idea and that person makes it, you know, sort of like a, something to actually go from, you know. And sometimes someone could be sitting there, a very smart person, watch a film and go, hang on a sec, I know how can I, how can I make this happen, you know. Yeah, I'm sure smartwatches must have, must have been in movies. They must have. Yeah, of course yeah, they were. Yeah, without a doubt. 
without a doubt. I can't tell you what film it was. But... Probably, let's, let's go Star Trek again. It's always there, isn't it? I was going to say yeah, Cheers. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> cheers, you say. Yeah. Norm, beat me up, Norm. So after this commercial break, we'll be playing our weekly game. And this week, it'll be What Happens Next. Wake up in the morning, I want time to make breakfast with sunflowers. Where do I lay on my bread? Hello and welcome back. I'm Pat Sharp and I've just crashed my go-kart. Um, it's <laughs> <laughs> that time of the week again where Jim and Dave will reflect their decaying brains with the game What Happens Next. It's a simple game. We have a subject, a movie. We have three possible outcomes. One, the guys have to choose one of the outcomes. The person who comes closest to the actual film wins. So first, we're going to go with Jim. Do you guys know the rule, understand the rules? You okay with them? I, so I have to guess what happens. You're going to give me a scenario and I have to guess what yeah, happens. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give you a scenario. I'm going to read three things out and you choose one. Yeah? Okay, right. You're okay with it. So what we're going to get, the, um, the movie we're going to be talking about today, which I hope you guys haven't seen, is Panos Komosos, 2018 cult masterpiece, Mandy. You ever seen that? <laughs> okay, I have not seen Mandy. Okay, it stars Nicolas Cage, by the way, right? Most good films do. <laughs> so Nicholas Cage character Red partner has been taken by a cult what does he do next so Jim one call the police and report that she's gone to, uh, she's been taken and ask if they can find her two sit in his wife runs in the bathroom shouting random words whilst drinking a whole bottle of booze three gets all about her opens the store selling squared goods <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to have to go with B. Okay, cool. You're going to go with B, yeah? Yeah. To let you know, that is correct. Ding, ding, correct. ding. Well, I'm actually, I was, I, was, I, was a, I was a bit like, what are we going to go for this one? Obviously, the last one was quite a joke, but... Okay, Dave, <laughs> it's your turn. Cage, a.k.a. Red, finds the people that took his partner. What happens next? Does he tie two bricks to his hand and make windmills towards them, taking out their enemy, taking them out? Two, <laughs> puts on a leather jacket and dances around in slow motion doing karate and kicks their ass. Three, drinks a super magic skull juice and goes abs- to give him special powers and goes absolutely nuts and beats the bad guys. Is there no square stuff happening in this one? Not this bit, no, Dave. Uh, I'm going to have to go for B. Yeah, I would have gone for B as well. So you want to go for puts on a leather jacket and dance yeah. in slow motion? <laughs> yeah. Actually, David, that is wrong. Is it bricks? Yeah, no, it is oh. C. It is, um, what? Three, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is why this is why I chose this film for because I just thought to myself, if you can get these right, I'm going to be so blown away. <laughs> okay, we're going to go back to Jim. So basically, we've got another it's three. It's like three sets. So this is okay. your second set, Jim. Yeah. So, after taking out a number of the bad guys, Red finds himself at a destination where his partner is. Red must fight someone to get inside the property to, um, to rescue his um, partner. What weapon does he use? A, a dildo from the back of his pickup truck. <laughs> B, a eight-foot foot chainsaw. <laughs> C, a giant pig teddy bear. 
I'm going to go with the dildo. I don't know why. I just feel like you wouldn't put that in there if that wasn't true. It's B. It's an eight foot, eight foot straight chainsaw. It's absolutely, I mean, it might even be foot. 10 foot. It's absolutely oh enormous. <laughs> I wish I had pictures to show you guys of these things. Okay. Oh, man. Okay. So Actually, you've got one, Jim, and Dave's got none at the moment still. Yep. Okay. So this is the second one for Dave, yeah? Red, okay, Nicholas Cage, is now inside the property. He needs to find out where his partner is. What drug does he take to, uh, to talk to a, a tiger to help him find his partner? One, <laughs> the devil, the devil sniff. Two, nothing. He's already <laughs> on the skull juice. C, LSD. I'm going for the skull juice. B. Is that your final answer, David? Yeah. It's LSD. Ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so David still doesn't have any points at the moment. That's all right. <laughs> well, so I, could, I could clinch it with this one then. You can, Dave. You can, Jim. Sorry, you can. So Red Partner, um, Andrea, rejects the cult leader that took him from Red. What does the cult leader do to her? A. Sets her on fire and laughs. B. Puts her in the freezer before shutting the door. Says, chill out. <laughs> C. Gives her $1 and sends her on a, sends her on a bus away ho- on her way home. B. So what puts her in the freezer, shut the door, and says, chill out? Yeah. No. It's That's so a. cheesy. Yes, it's a. He sets her on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, like, chill out. That's what I think Arnie would do from one of his... Yeah, movies. that's what I was thinking. It's an Arnie type they thing. They basically it's stole Mr. it from Freeze. Batman. <laughs> oh, of course, yeah, when he was Mr. Freeze. That's why <laughs> I was thinking of Arnie. <laughs> oh. Okay, so, Dave... Yeah. You have to get this right to still be in this. I don't know. It's the taking part that counts, mate. <laughs> it is the taking. This is the last part, Dave. I, I've got faith in you, oh, Dave. God. So after the credits, what secret scene is there? A, Cage. <laughs> Cage is... Uh. <laughs> Cage is really Stop. high. Cage is really high on the drugs he has taken. He is skateboarding on a rainbow and listen, while listening to Slayer. B, it's a full 20 minutes of... Um, Nicholas Cage smoking a cigar, crying and looking at the camera. C, nothing. It's just a credits dummy. Oh, I'm going to go for A because that made me laugh more. You're going to go for A? Yeah. It was C. It's it just the credits. C. It's just the credits. You yes. know, so this my... week's winner again is Jim. Oh! But that doesn't, doesn't that give you four points, Jim? No, no, it gives me six points, mate. Six points. We're doing it football. Yeah. So you had you basically had a one in three chance of even if you've never seen the film getting it, but Dave couldn't even do that. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair though, if you've never seen this film before, it's a film you must watch. It's insanity, but it's actually quite entertaining. There's even Cenobites in it from Hellraiser. Really? Okay. Yeah. I'll make sure I watch that in ten years' time. <laughs> it's a it's a real it's a real like absolute fascinating piece uh, I, I think you'll love it but uh, congratulations to jim for winning that well done jim thank you i'm gonna clap you can you clap in dave i'll clap him earlier on be a good winner okay clap, clap me oh. outside how about that okay that comes to that's the end of our show this week thank you for tuning in and listening to the dial-up dudes dave where can you find us what are our t- catches our taglines you can find us at the dial-up dudes on twitter or on Instagram, it's the dial-up dudes. Jim, where can you email us? The dial-up dudes at gmail.com. <laughs> uh-huh. You go, girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this dial-up dudes. Catch you next week.
you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>